Blog What's Talk up, y'all? Radio. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Niner Faithful. Uh, sorry about that. They deleted all the sounds off the soundboard, so no clue what's going on. Anyway, how y'all doing? It's your boy, Niner Faithful. You're tuned in to Niner Faithful Radio, the show hosted by Faithful for the Faithful. And we got a great show for you planned today. We're going to go ahead and go over some free agents that I think the Niners should sign this off season as well as take your phone calls and texts. And as always, the number to call in is 646-668-8467. And the number to text is 408-755-0030. And Radio AFS has advertising packages for as little as $25 a month. Go ahead and email me at radio at gmail.com, and I'll go ahead and shoot you all those details. Yeah, so what's cracking, everybody? How y'all doing? Happy MLK Day. You know, definitely need to give big shout-outs to MLK and everything that he's done for my peoples. So I uh, hope that y'all enjoying y'all three-day weekend. So um, also, we're going to, I guess, get into the show. We're going to get into a little bit of Reuben Foster, as pretty much I'm pretty sure everybody knows, was arrested uh, for second-degree marijuana possession in Alabama, just outside of Tuscaloosa, where the basically just outside of where the University of Alabama is. Um, now, as far as I know, I've heard some rumors that he might get a one-game suspension, or that he possibly would be in. He possibly be in the NFL drug protocol which is basically he has to take drug classes. But also Ian Rathapur came on KMBR this morning and said that it looks like it's going to be a one-game suspension. So, um, yeah, that's not going to be good. I mean, me personally, I don't give a damn. I mean, I, I say let Ruben smoke. The physical stand of hockey – or. I'm sorry, I'm kind of listening to the Sharks game, too. So, the type of football he plays is a very physical brand of football. So, he probably needs to smoke a blunt after, um, you know, playing the style of football he plays. So, um, he did mention that it's going to be interesting because it's a unique situation because weed is legal here in California. So it's legal where he lives and works, but not legal in Alabama. So it probably will boil down to, well, he was arrested in Alabama, so Alabama law counts. But we shall see. But either way, not good way to start his um, first full off season as a pro. I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think it's going to be an isolated incident. But we shall see more as it becomes available. But still, not, not a very good thing. And I believe it's like 2.5 mil he's going to um, forfeit from his rookie contract and guarantees the next 18, 19, and 20. So, yeah, I'm kind of concerned because all the sounds are deleted from the soundboard. I don't understand. That's weird. And we don't even have any songs to listen to on commercial. And I haven't been messaged from management, so... Hopefully we'll get that figured out for next week's show. 
But yeah, okay, so the Niners have about after dead cap money, I believe it's like hundred a little over a hundred and two million dollars. So we got plenty of money that we need to sign our free agents. So I went ahead and my blog for this week was about teams needs this year and I said wide receiver, cornerback, edge rusher, and guard slash center. I mean, I guess that's technically five positions of needs, but I kinda of put guard and center as in the one. So um, I figured that I could see the Niners going out for table. Taylor Gabriel, I mean, he's 5'8". He played with Shanahan in 16, had his best best year as a pro in 2016 with Shanahan as offensive coordinator as Atlanta. Uh, this year he played in all 16 games, had 51 targets, 33 catches, and 378 yards. 11.5 yards per catch and one TD. Under Shanahan, he played 13 games, had 50 targets, 35 catches, 579 yards, 16.5 yards per catch, and six TDs. So clearly, he knew how to use him better. Now, there could have been injuries. There could have been other factors into his – well, he only had two more – two less catches. He had – about 201 less yards, average five and a half or five more yards per catch under Shanahan, and then five more TDs. So he, I mean, is basically Marquise Goodwin, but younger. But I still think that Shanahan would like the familiarity he brings. But so I really could see the Niners going after him. I'm concerned because of his height. He's 5'8", and, you know, pretty much every one of our receivers except Pierre Gasson is 5'8", so that's a bit of, a little bit more concerning. But the big one that, that I want the Niners to go after, and everyone seems to want the Niners to go after, is Allen Robinson. Yes, he tore his ACL, but um, I saw a video of him, and he was already training at the Jacks facility and running, so that, that's a great sign. But Allen Robinson, 6'3", 220. I mean, that that's in the in my blog this week. I went ahead and um, talked about how we need a receiver that can win 50-50 balls and be in a threat in the red zone. And I think Allen Robinson would be perfect. I mean, 6'3", 220. Um, this year he played in one game and got hurt, and he got one catch. But 16, I mean, he had 151 targets, 73 catches, 883 yards, 12.1 yards per reception and six TDs. That's better than, than any Niner receiver this year. I mean, that might be better than all our receivers combined. I mean, maybe not so far as yardages and catch, but definitely touchdowns. And um, touchdowns were something that we definitely lacked in the beginning of the year. I mean, obviously, we scored more touchdowns when Jimmy G came on. But I would love to see the Niners go after Allen Robinson. I think he gives us a legit number one threat. Match him up with Pierre Gasson, Marquise Goodwin, and Trent Taylor. And then you add that Jimmy G is going to make any receive any receiver that he plays with better. And I, mean, I think the Niners are a legit, real serious offensive offensive juggernaut. I mean, yes, I just said offensive juggernaut. I really do think. Um, so as far as cornerbacks are concerned, 
Tremaine Johnson seems to be the biggest one that the Niners now the Ram the Yams have franchise tagged him the next two years, but I believe it's like thirty seven million he'd be due. Nice. Sorry, I'm listening to the Sharks game and, and Jonas Donskoy. Jonas Donskoy just scored. Donskoy! Ah, I love me some Jonas Donskoy. Anybody who has me on Facebook, that's the player I'm always talking about when I say I fucking really love Jonas Donskoy because he's awesome. The Finnish Flash. No, that's Timo Solani. But anyway, sorry. It's, it's Sharks Queens. I have to listen to it. So, um, you were all good on Soundcheck, right? Okay. I don't know why they deleted all the sounds. Literally, nothing's here. Just a radio disclaimer. I have no idea. And I can't even go on a commercial break to see if anybody's messaged me or farmer messaged me to see, you know what I'm saying? Sorry, uh, we, we just have some production things to talk about. So we're going an hour straight today. Or, well, we might go a little less than an hour straight, but... um. So I believe it's three nothing. Um, so yeah, sorry. I don't think the Yams are gonna franchise tag him again this year, and I want the Niners to get get him because he's immediate. He would immediately start opposite Witherspoon. He's six six three, so he fits the mold of big, strong, long corners that the Niners want in the style of defense that we play. In seventeen, he played in sixteen games, even though he suited up. And technically, you know, played, quote-unquote. He didn't play in the last game against the Niners. But he was still suited up, so they counted it as a game. But he had 65 tackles, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, two picks, and 14 pass, pass defense. 14 pass defense. That means that 14 balls he knocked out. That is amazing. I would – oh, I, I just have dreams and fantasies right now of, of – Jermaine Johnson and and Akila Witherspoon just knocking balls all, all out of receivers' hands in Seattle next year. It would be beautiful. And then you add Adrian Colbert roaming the center field, knocking heads off. Oh, man. Oof. I just got chills just thinking about it. But, yeah, and, and I think the key thing to it is, you know, I believe Seattle is on the downswing. I believe that they might have just experienced their version of our 2014. And they might not have the off season like we had in, right before 2015, but they're going to be losing some players. So um, it would hurt them. And there, I, I honestly, I think most people are can consider the Yams our biggest competition in division next year. Now you never know what can happen. We'll, we'll see who Seattle signs and drafts, and who Arizona signs and drafts. But I believe Larry Fitzgerald's gone. Carson Palmer retired. So, see, uh, Arizona is basically in a rebuild. So. Taking away their number one corner is going to hurt. It's going to help us and hurt them at the same time. We can kind of do kill two birds with one stone, essentially. And I, I think that would just be great to hurt the Yams and help us at the same time. He, he's going to cost a pretty penny, but we have the money to do it. I mean, also, Malcolm Butler. 
is a free agent. Now, I know he, he hasn't, I mean, played 16 games, had two picks, 12 passes defended, three forced fumbles, one sack. And, oh, 55 tackles. So, comparable numbers to Jermaine Johnson. Obviously, everybody knows Jermaine Johnson is is a better cornerback. But Malcolm Butler might be a little cheaper option. I mean, we all know Malcolm Butler would instantly be a fan favorite because of what he did for, for against Seattle in the Super Bowl. So, Niner fans would automatically love him. And, you know, I think that he's the type of player that would do well. He's only 5'11", but I think he's the type of player that would do well in our system. And even if he's not our starter, he adds depth. And at least we have depth and we have options outside of the current players on the roster. Uh, So that, that takes care of cornerbacks. Now, center, center was a difficult position to find because a lot of centers in the league are restricted free agents. And I don't want to touch any restricted free agents because I don't want to give up draft capital. So, Weston Richburg, he plays – in 17, he only played four games with a concussion. So, there's, there's a little bit of concerns right there. But he played all game, all 16 games in 2016. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him rated above average in both run and pass blocking. And I, I think he would be a nice upgrade with Daniel Kilgore. And if Daniel Kilgore can have a decent contract demands, I wouldn't mind bringing him back as a backup for his leadership. And, you know, as a backup, I think he, he offers a lot. I don't think Daniel Kilgore is a starter but I think that he's a solid backup and would push whoever the starter is to keep their game up. And then for guard, I got Andrew Norwell. Same thing with guards. Um, I'm not of the camp that we should draft a guard early in the draft or a center early in the draft. I think we should go for Calvin Willey, me personally. But, of course, course this depends on what we, we do in free agency. So, played as a starter in all 16. Oh, yeah, Andrew Norwell was a guard. He played and was a starter in all 16 games in 16 and 17. So, he's available. I don't think he's going to cost an arm and leg, and I think he would definitely be an upgrade against Zane Beatles, Brandon Fusco, and uh, Lincoln Thomason. Even though I like Lincoln Thomason. I believe when Lincoln Thomason had had a decent season. It was pretty inconsistent for the first couple of weeks, but as the season went on, he played better. But I also think that has to do with the fact of him learning the system. So, and he's a former first-round pick, so somebody thought he was talented. And I think what a lot of people are underestimating is the return of Joshua Garnett, who apparently looks amazing reshaped his body and is is ready to make a serious push in 2018 for to be a starter. So if we don't necessarily go out and draft a guard or sign one in free agency, uh, I'd be concerned if we don't sign one. 
At least, at least some type of competition. <sighs> Damn it. Sorry, the Queens just scored. But, um... Damn it. Uh, oh, well, we're still up 3-1. So, oh, well. You know what? We've dominated this game. I ain't worried about the Queens. So, anyway... And then Justin Push was that he can play guard and tackle. Now, the websites I went to said that he he wasn't a great tackle, but he's a very good guard. But the Niners, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, love offensive linemen that that are versatile and can play multiple positions on the line, and he would fill that build. He only played in eight games in 17. But I think that that's another option that we could look into. Now, as far as edge rusher, DeMarcus Ware is apparently a free agent. Now, I don't think DeMarcus Ware is going anywhere. I think the Cow- the Cry Girls will go ahead and, and franchise him. If DeMarcus avail- Ware is available, I mean, I-, I put in no hesitation to sign him. Off-field issues, whatever. He's just way too talented to let them sit there in free agency. And I think he brings an immediate threat to bring down the quarterback, something that we haven't had since Alden Smith. And so I think that would definitely help our pass rush. And if we sign DeMarcus Ware, because I don't think we're going to get DeMarcus Ware and uh, Tremaine Johnson, but if we get... DeMarcus Ware, mysteriously, Jermaine, cornerback is such a team need because, you know, the best thing, best friend of a, of a cover, of a secondary is a pass rush. So I think we were able, I mean, you go back to 2011, 2012, 2013, I think that we were able to get away with not having the world's greatest corners because we had Alden Smith and Ahmad Brooks and, you know, Justin Smith and our solid D-line and outside linebacker backers that were able to bring pressure on, on the quarterback. Another name, now I never really heard of this player, but another name that seems to be popping up a lot and got positive reviews every website I looked at is Ezekiel Asaya from the Lions. He played in 14 games in 17. He had 30, 39 tackles, one forced fumble, a 12 sacks. I mean, that is amazing. Our team leader this year was Elvis Dumerville, and he had six and a half. So this is almost double of what uh, Elvis Dumerville had. So I think that would be an immediate upgrade over that. Another one that came up was Adrian Claiborne from Atlanta. He had 21 tackles, two forced fumbles, and a nine and a half sacks. Now, that's not as flashy numbers as that's not as flashy numbers as maybe some other players, but was able to still do some things. And um, I think it would be a nice addition if they want to maybe look to draft somebody. This would be a good veteran presence unless our draft pick isn't ready to play right away and we don't have to suffer through a you know, finishing bottom in the league in sacks. 
you know what? Um, we're going to go ahead and just take a real quick commercial break. I'm going to play this radio disclaimer real fast so I can see if I can get some answers on why the soundboard is empty. You're listening to Niner Faithful Radio, only on Radio AFS. Apparently, nobody knows. Mr. Pop. The views and opinions of this show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of this network and its affiliates. We're back, y'all. Okay, we're back. Sorry, there was a little technical difficulties there. Um, uh, blog talk has fallen apart. So, but nobody knows. So I went ahead and messaged. Hey, super duper secret producer, I'm talking to you. I went ahead and messaged Farmer to figure out what's going on and why there's like literally my intro isn't up here, my outro isn't up here, none of the Niner songs, nothing. And I'm getting kind of tired of talking. I was hoping, see, now I feel bad because Juan was expecting me to play his song today. And it's like I have to come up with another excuse on why not to play a song. And I feel bad because, you know what I'm saying? He's a nine brother and I want to promote his music. You know, I mean, how does this make me look? You know what I'm saying? How does this make me look? I'm here, I'm telling him, he's he's talking about, yeah, I know this person, I know this person, and I'm trying to get these people and know them and all this stuff, and I can't even play a freaking song. But uh, we move on, and we move forward on Niner Faithful Radio. So um, why don't y'all give me a call, or I believe we have some text messages. So the 669, which is our area code here in San Jose, says, hey, Nine and Faithful, love this show. Keep doing, keep up the good work. Well, thank you, bro. I really appreciate it. Was just wondering, do you think Reuben Foster's arrest, with Reuben Foster's arrest, sorry, that looked weird. Uh, with Reuben Foster's arrest, do you think he'll be a net, another Alden Smith? Thanks, go Niners. No, I don't think he'll be another Alden Smith. I think um, I think the Niners brought in Ken Norton to basically be Reuben Foster's personal coach, and I think that he is going to help extremely with Reuben Foster's, you know, quote-unquote off-the-field issues. I mean, there was the incident at the club with Ray Ray Armstrong, and then there was, of course, this arrest in Alabama for weed. Which, I mean, can we accept it? This ain't 1929 anymore. This ain't 1929 anymore. This ain't reefer madness. Weed's not a big deal. Can we just get over it? You know, I mean, I'd rather Reuben Foster be smoking a blunt and eating Cheeto or Captain Simonin Toast Crunch than him going to the bar, getting drunk, and getting a, a DUI 
and turning into an Alvin Smith. I mean, if he if all he's gonna do is smoke a blunt and eat some cinnamon and toast crunch, I mean he's a professional athlete. He's gonna know how to keep his body in shape. I'd rather him smoke some bud, eat some cinnamon and toast crunch than go get drunk and do something stupid. So Oh wow. Oh, I'm trying very hard not to cuss right now. Um, I get very emotional with shark games. And uh, for those who haven't, ex- nobody, probably nobody listening to the show right now has experienced me watching a shark game. But um, yeah, it's not, um, it's not a very pleasant experience for people. Oh, wow. Okay, so apparently I found out it's because Farmer didn't pay the bill. So uh, music and all that stuff is a, a premium feature, I guess. So I don't know what's going to go happen with that. Oh, man. Uh, and it, see, I can't tell people hold on because why well, I message these people, oh, this is getting crazy. Um. So, yeah, I don't feel that Reuben Foster is going to be an Alden Smith. I think that he's smarter, and I think that, you know what, maybe he'd have somebody else carry his weed from him from now on. Okay, we have another text message from the 559. Hey, Niner Faithful. How you doing, bro? So I was just wondering, who do you think the Niners' biggest free agent target will be this year? Well, thank you, 559. I appreciate you listening to the show. What's up, bro? How you doing? And um, I think our biggest free agent target, see, it's so hard to predict because you don't know who's going to be franchised. You don't know who's going to sign a contract extension at the last moment. You don't know who wants to come here. I mean, I think people do want to come here, especially offensive people. I think offensive people want to come here more than defensive people. But I'm not a opposed to bringing defensive, you know, free agents. But to answer your question, I think our biggest target is going to be a receiver. I think that um, John Lynch had talked about uh, before they, the draft how they wanted – well, before the emergence of George Kittle, who really actually didn't end up being that much of a red zone threat, but John Lynch was thinking that they would have to wait another year, meaning this year, to um, allow us to get a, a red zone free agent target. And so I believe that a, a, a big six three, six four, two hundred plus pound receiver is going to be our big off a big offensive target. All right, minute 24 left in the Sharks game. So, um, what a day. Minute 10 today. So I believe that, that Allen Robinson will probably end up when it's, all said and done, be our big, big, huge free agent target. And then I think that we're going to go ahead and make a couple other under-the-radar type of signings that 
at the end of the day, they're not going to be superstars. They're not going to go to Pro Bowls or the Hall of Fame. But at the end of the day, we're going to look back and they're going to play a, a very vital role to this year. I don't think we're going to be as aggressive as we were last year because I feel that we need less of a roster turnover this year. I feel that the reason we were so aggressive last year was because we knew we needed to turn over so much of the roster. And when you turn over that much of the roster, you need to replace those players, obviously. And I feel that that's why we were so aggressive. But actually, I was reading this article, and I wanted to get people's opinions about it. They said that um, there's an article that said three Niners that could possibly be cut. Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward was one. The other was – who was the other? Uh, Zane Beatles. And then the one that surprised me was Earl Mitchell because we had just signed him to a four-year, $16 million deal last year. And I thought he – you know, he played, he plays better against the run than the pass. But I thought he played a very – I thought he played a very solid year. I mean, nice. 4-1, empty netter. Say goodnight. Night-night, Queens. Won the season series 3-1. to one. Oh, yeah. I love it. Listen – oh, oh. Oh, that's the most beautiful sound coming out of Staples Center. Do you hear that? Exactly. That's the sound of Queen's fans shutting up. Oh, I love it. Oh, that is so sexy. Oh, my God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, that's amazing. Hmm. That's amazing. One point behind him for third place in the division. Oh, yeah. All right. So, now that the game's over, I can now focus on some – focus more on the show. Sorry about that. But, um, yeah, I think that, that Earl Mitchell, that was a big surprise. So go ahead and, and call in or text in the show. Let me know what y'all think about that. Uh, would you be opposed to cutting Earl Mitchell? I'm not necessarily cutting opposed to cutting Earl Mitchell. I mean, hold on. I got um, – I'm trying to see. I know he's in here somewhere. I'm trying to go through my notes that were taken when I first started the show. When I was recording it on a little – Oh, Kewan Williams was signed for two years. Huh. And then I guess he had a three-year extension. So he signed for a while. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to find it, find it, find it, find it. How, it's so funny reading some of these names that we signed in the off season that we ended up cutting. Oh... Uh, Yeah, I can't I can't find where we signed him in my notes. But I know he it was a 4-year, 16 million dollar deal. But it wasn't too much of a dead money cap hit. If we cut him. I think that 
I like the way our front office is set up because I believe the way it's set up is John Lynch is the main contract negotiator with uh, Prog Morate, who, by the way, we're working on getting Prog Morate into the show to discuss some things that your typical football fan does not know about football contracts. I'm actually looking forward to it. I went ahead and reached out on him on Twitter, and I'm just waiting for a response if I ever get one to see if he's available for the show. But I think that'd be pretty cool. Don't you get, get him on to discuss some inner workings of football contracts and a lot of things that most people don't know, you know, as far as what's guaranteed, what's not things like that. I think that would be a pretty interesting. I mean, I don't know. It would be an interesting show for me. And I assume I always plan the show. Like, what would I want to hear? You know what I'm saying? What, who would I want to have on a show? What would make me listen to a radio show or a podcast? And, you know, then I, as soon as I figure that out, I go out and I try to get those people. Now, I'm not promising anything. And you know what, Pragmarate probably isn't even going to message me. So we'll go ahead and see that. But, um, man, this is really frustrating because I really wish that we had this commercial available. So, hold on. I think we have one more text message. Give me one second. Okay, we got another person from the 408 this time. Texting, hey, what's up, Nana Faithful? How you doing? Oh, it's my boy Avery. What's up, bro? How you doing? My name. So, Abe wants to know what impact I think Malcolm Smith will have on the Niners this year. I think Malcolm Smith is going to have a huge impact on the Niners this year. From what I heard, uh, the coaching staff was very disappointed when Malcolm Smith got hurt in the opening training camp game next last year. And the plan was to actually have Ruben not be a starter. The plan going into the season was Navarro and Bo and uh, Malcolm Smith were going to be, once again, it's, it's Malcolm Smith's going to be a starter this year. Oh, man. This is getting very irritating. Sorry, y'all. This is um, wow. This is okay. This is being retarded. You know what? We're gonna go ahead and do. We're gonna go ahead and end the show a little bit early today. We're having a lot of issues. I don't know if this is block talk or my laptop. I hope everybody was able to hear me this whole show. Um. Unfortunately, Alvin isn't able to take us away, so I'm just going to go ahead and end it by saying thank you all for tuning in. Please remember that Radio AFS has advertising packages available for all your needs for as little as $25 a month. Go ahead and email me at ninerfaithfulradio at gmail.com. So until next week, I shall say have a blessed week, peace, love, and happiness, and go Niners.